What is going on, New York Giant fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Hit the like button if you haven't already on YouTube. Subscribe to all the good stuff. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or drops. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Also share this out as well. Uh, not a lot of people. Actually, nobody's doing what we do here. All the fun content and all the good stuff. So, got another podcast episode for you guys. Another preview. And hopefully... This is a game we actually win. Hopefully this game is close, but I think it will be. We'll get into that stuff later. But by all means, this is a game the New York Giants must win. This is the new, this is a game the New York Giants need to win. And if they don't, I might go ahead and say the season's over. Like I'm not usually a guy that's a pessimist, but if you don't beat the rebuilding Cardinals, I have a lot of questions. Personnel, coaching involved. Um... Again, they played up to the competition last week against Washington. Now, does that say more about Washington? Does that say more about Arizona? I don't know. But I wouldn't sit here and say, oh, Arizona's a pushover. Now, if we go out and beat them, I don't know, 30 to 10? Hey, listen, I was wrong, and that's a, what, three-score deficit? Fine. All is well. But, I mean, as I said, the Giants the last few years have really played down to the competition in a lot of games. And last year, they've only won one game by more than a score. So the Giants need to start getting over that hump if they think they're this you know, team that's going to start winning. they got to get over this hump of just winning by a score. This is a team, realistically, you should blow out, but I know it's going to be close just because, you know, it is. This is what the New York Giants do. So um, I'm going to go over the injury report. Same lineup as usual, injury report, 2023 stats, things to look for, players to watch, top matchups, keys to win, score prediction, and then a discussion at the end. It was a very, very nice discussion I had with Mr. Jim Koch of Raising Zona. Uh, that was probably one of the longer discussions we had on this podcast. But um, once again, nice guy. If you guys have any stuff, should be in the bio and whatnot. Um, but let's get to the injury report. So... I'll go over the main ones. It looks like Aziz Ozlari is doubtful. I'll get to that in a second because I kind of have a little tangent to go on. Wendell Robinson, knee, doubtful. I mean, they're nursing him back to health. I'm not going to sit here and expect him back. That's just me. Um, Anytime soon. Because, hey, listen, what's the rush? I mean, yeah, you know, our passing game wasn't fluid in week one. But that was for a lot of different reasons, not even the receiver's fault. So... Um, Matt Parrott looks like he's going to play. He had full practice on Friday. Um, Andrew Thomas is questionable. So let's see where I go with this before we hit the Cardinals injury report as well. I'll start with Andrew Thomas. I don't think Andrew Thomas should play. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know, this is a worse team. Blah, 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 blah. Yes and no, because I'm not too scared, me personally, of anyone on the Cardinals edge. Zayvon Collins, Cameron Thomas. I personally think if you ask me, I think Josh Azuda should start left tackle. I think he should. I thought he did a decent job snap-wise, you know, in the little snaps he got when Matt Parrott got injured. I'm not confident that Matt Parrott would do a good job. Now, of course, Josh Azuda is a natural guard, but he's got the foot speed to play tackle. And maybe the Giants do some experimentation with him over a right tackle, right guard, whatever the case may be. I don't know if they're going to do rotations this game, but last week they did say that they were pretty set 
no on two guards, Glowinski and uh, Ben Bredesen. But um, I would put a Zulu at left tackle. I mean, Parrott, his run blocking has gotten better, but he's awful in pass protection. He is. So it would really concern me to put him out there against Cam Thomas, Saban Collins, Dennis Gardeck, um, even though he's more of a middle linebacker at this point. So, again, we'll see. But I, I think Azudu should play left tackle. Leave Thomas for the 49ers game. I know the 49ers game is a whole different entity. We're working stuff out as far as a preview date and all this other different stuff. We're going to be calling that game on here, by the way. So definitely tune in. Uh, on Thursday night but leave Andrew Thomas for that game that game has to be at least close in my opinion for me to have any confidence in this team because beating Arizona I know a lot of people are going to say this and a lot of people are going to be like oh that's just a poor attitude I depending on certain things I don't think I'm going to learn a lot this game unless the Giants lose or they blow them out my personal opinion but uh, Darren Waller is going to play everyone's going to play as of right now they don't have a game status uh, which is a good thing. Javari Owens, Cam Brown. So likely a couple of healthy scratches in there. Let's talk about Aziz Ojolari. I'm honestly, and like I held my breath last year. I'm sick and tired of Aziz Ojolari. Like he, when he's on the field, he's dominant, right? You know, uh, five and a half sacks in like seven games last year, missed nine or whatever the case may be. Fine, whatever. Okay, done. All right. But a hamstring injury? I mean, first of all, I don't know why there's so many hamstring injuries on this team. So maybe someone ought to look into that. Aziz Ojolari, I mean, healthy his first year. He went to the second round because of all the injury concerns. It was his calf. It was his hamstring. It was his quad last year. And now it's all returning. And the Giants, in my opinion, I'm not going to harp on this too much. They should have gotten edge in the draft. They should have gotten edge in free agency. Because you look behind... Kayvon Thibodeau. You got Taman Fox and Oshin Zimmon as a practice squad. That's not going to do anything. Going to be honest with you. You could talk about how poor the offensive line is for the Cardinals. Maybe talk some shit. I don't think that they're that poor. They did some solid run blocking. But what's Oshin Zimmon is going to do You know, in, in pass rush situations? Yes, you got Boogie Basham. You got Isaiah Simmons. You got Jihad Ward for those run game situations that you don't have to put Oshin Zimmon as in. But, I mean... He's nothing as a pass rusher. It just interests me as to why they keep him around. But the problem is going once again, I said this. I literally said this. Not that I want to be right, but I literally said this in the summer. I said, the Giants need to go out there and get a backup edge. I said in a video, I said, Aziz Ujolari will be one of the X factors on this defense against better offenses. Now, of course, Cardinals, they have not scored a touchdown yet. Uh, that touchdown was actually... Cam Thomas on defense, so they don't have an offensive touchdown in the books, but when you get to play better defenses, excuse me, offenses, I mean, we got the 49ers in a few days. Come on, man. So I'm just a little pissed about that. Maybe I'll get over it, but it's just a recurring thing with Aziz Ojolari, and I like the guy. It's just sad that he's injured, and you know what? We can't be having a guy who's a second-round pick, you know, constantly getting injured, this, that, and the other thing, but again... Maybe a separate video for that to go more in depth. The Cardinals, LJ Collier and Josh Woods, they are out. Uh, as far as questionable, it is Buda Baker who popped on the uh, the injury report on Friday with a hamstring injury. So, I mean, the hamstring is the popular trend right now. Uh, Lakey Fotu, he is questionable with a shoulder injury. James Conner is going to play. And Kelvin Beecham is questionable too. Um which is interesting because 
I don't know where Beecham would actually play on that line. Pretty sure he's swing because you got Paris Johnson at right and you got DJ Humphreys at left. And if I'm the Cardinals, I'd rather play Paris Johnson because you, you know, was it seventh overall pick in this past draft? But anyway, let's go to the team stats. Now, of course, this is off one game, so you can't really take it to too much. But once again, based off one game and the Giants will start with them near the bottom of each category uh, to start the season. 31st in total yards per game, 32nd in points per game. Of course, they scored nothing against the Cowboys and also 32nd in the passing game and then rushing their 12th. So that's actually a good thing. Maybe the Giants carve out a little bit of a running game there. We'll talk about that in the game strategy and stuff like that. Defense-wise, 11th total yards per game, 8th against the pass, 25th against the run, and points per game, 32nd. I don't think that's fair, honestly. Um, now, you could argue semantics, dive into it more. The Giants' defense really gave up only 20. I mean, go ahead and maybe say 27, but I say 20 because that pick six, the kick return touchdown, well, it wasn't really a kick return. It was a block kick. And then you also have the uh, interception that caused the Cowboys to have a short field. So in my mind, they gave up 20 points, which isn't bad. So, And I also don't think that the rookie corners played that bad, aside from maybe three penalties. But I'll leave that for another thing. They are 15th in pass percentage, 17th in run percentage, 29th in pass percentage on first down, 14th in run percentage on first down. Ninth in blitz percentage, obviously a lot of situations last week didn't call for a blitz, but there's other teams, of course, maybe eight higher that blitz higher percentages. Uh, 25th in pressure percentage and tied for 29th through 32nd in sacks because they didn't get any on Dak Prescott, so there's that. Cardinals, offense, not very good. 29th in total yards per game, 28th in passing, 16th in running, 25th in points per game. Defense, 7th in total yards per game. I thought their defense looked solid. Now, of course, Sam Howell, but I thought their defense looked solid last week. Surpassed my expectations. 12th against the pass, 13th against the run, 16th points per game. 17th in pass percentage, 16th in run percentage. 19th in pass percentage on first down, 21st in run percentage on first down, 20th in blitz percentage, 22nd in pressure percentage, and 2nd in sacks because they got 6. So let's go to things to look for. Heavy blitzes, and this is kind of going to coincide with my next point, which is the quick game. If you guys watched the Cardinals game last week or even just the highlights, you saw a lot of quick passes, right? Because they want to get that ball out of Josh Dobbs' hands, not the long developing plays, not these, you know, downfield, oh, touchdown, all this sort of stuff. No. Josh Dobbs is a veteran journeyman. He's not too experienced. He's not going to throw the ball downfield a ton. It's quick game, all that sort of stuff. So, in my mind, I think what's going to happen is this. Now, of course, I don't agree with all of it because the Giants usually do not do a good job of covering the hot routes. I think you'll have a lot of situations where you'll probably put six to seven, not really eight, but like between five and seven guys on a blitz, and the Giants will play back. Like Deontay Banks will play back. Maybe he'll play press. But I think Trey Hawkins is going to play maybe about five, six yards off the ball. And then you'll have a Dory Jackson on the slot. Honestly, this might be a game where you could kind of rotate a little bit more. You have a little bit more flexibility because, you know, Rondell Moore, he's solid. Marquise Brown, he's solid. But they're not CeeDee Lamb. They're not DeAndre Hopkins. They're not all these other different guys. So you could probably do some rotations. If Cordell Flott wants to get some outside reps, I highly encourage it because you invested a third-round pick in him last year. Donnie Holmes, if you want, Nick McLeod, if you want. Obviously, that's a game time, game day decision for Dable, Wink, and the rest of the team. 
But I think heavy blitzes, I think there's going to be some open hot routes, possibly for the tight end. So I would look for Trey McBride and Zach Ertz to eat a little bit this game, depending on how the Giants cover the tight ends. Xavier McKinney, he's probably going to be tasked with that a little bit. Um, and some other guys on the defense too. Maybe even get some corners because I think, you know, not that I would want to put my best corner on a tight end, but like maybe Trey McBride against Cordell Flott. You know, mix and match with those situations because this is a week you can get away with it. Play your guys, you know, have them experience, stuff like that. But quick game from Arizona, Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore. Again, they're fast guys. They're not, not slower, but they're, they're shorter guys. Um, and they also have James Conner in the backfield. They tested out those two wide receivers with jet sweeps and all that sort of stuff. So I would look for that. And they really don't have a veteran running back in that backfield, which maybe Arizona is a little bit more scared to run the football with guys other than James Conner and some jet sweeps. So, hey, listen, you know, uh, that's better for the Giants, I guess. Testing their young corners. We want to talk about young corners. They do have young corners as well. Uh, right now, the slot is Jalen Thompson, who was a supplemental draft pick a couple of years ago. You have Marco Wilson, who's a third-year vet. And you also have Keetra Clark, who was drafted this draft. So Wilson, he's not a guy who's, you know, too experienced in this league. We'll look at the stats later. Um, Keetra Clark, once again, he's a rookie. So I would look, if the Giants have enough time, throw to the guys and challenge those corners and also running the football. I mean, the Cardinals did a decent job of stopping Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson last week, but something that the Giants really excelled at before the game went under last week against the Cowboys was running the football. And I was actually maybe about 20 minutes before the game, I was talking about this, um, not specifically to anyone, or maybe I was just thinking about this. I'm like, this is a rainy game. I don't know how close the game is going to be, but you know what? Run the football. Run the football. Do the ground and pound. Don't force the pass. And then they figured out the game plan once the game went haywire and all this other stuff. So I would look for the Giants to maybe stick with the run a little bit more. And it sucks, too, because, again, I'm more of a pass before run guy. I'm, I think that way about football. But also, I don't want to gas Saquon Barkley. I don't want this to be a year where it's like last year, oh, Saquon's worn out by the middle of the year, and then he comes back. You know, later in the year, it's like, I don't want to go through that again. I really don't. And people say, oh, we got Brightwell and we got Brita and we got Gray. We had them last year. and The Giants still depended on Saquon for most of the offense. And again, like Saquon's a dynamic player. He can do a lot of different things. But I don't want to sit here and depend on him. And especially, look, I know obviously this is kind of a casual take. But you guys know my feelings on the offensive line. I don't want to sit here and depend on Saquon when you just pay Daniel Jones $40 million and, you know, invested in all these different receivers. you got to find some way. And it's also a big bugaboo that teams are starting to figure out play action for us. I mean, you saw a couple reps where the linebackers, Van Der Esch, Parsons, they're dropping back in coverage, not even looking at the run because they know that's what the Giants like to do. They like to do play action. This is going back to last year. So, again, the Giants are going to have to find some way on offense to score points because, I mean, the point differential is going to be terrible probably for the first couple of weeks, obviously 40 to nothing. But, um, Again, you gotta get you gotta get going on offense, man. I mean, there's too many expectations, there's too many stakes up. So let's talk about players to watch. Josh Dobbs and James Conner 
are the main two before we get to the weapons. Dobbs had a good completion percentage last week, 70%. I mean, once again, mostly short throws, 4.4 yards per throw, which is not good. 132 yards, not good. Um, again, they did not score a touchdown last week. Not good. So the Giants, maybe we could keep them out of the end zone a little bit. A garbage time touchdown, don't make it as close as it should be, even though it will be. James Conner, he had a solid week last week. 14 carries, 62 yards, 4.4 yards per carry. I always like this guy going back to Pittsburgh. Obviously, Pittsburgh let him go uh, when they had Najee Harris drafted. So, you know, he's a, he's a good guy. He's got a great story behind him, but he's going to be a threat. He's not much of a speedster, but he's a guy who's going to create those extra yards. And if the Giants don't know how to stop the run, which, honestly, I'm going to be fair, my opinion, I think you can't look at last week as, oh, they didn't stop the run. Because the defense had too many opportunities. I should say lack luster of opportunities to actually showcase what they got. You know, that's why I say the defense didn't do that bad. I would like to see Okereke and Nunez Roches and all these different guys. I would like to see them in real game time situations when we're not getting our ass kicked. So I will not say that the Giants were bad against the run last week. I will wait another week and say... Okay, maybe the Giants are good, maybe they're bad, maybe they're indifferent. Uh, as far as the targets go, Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Trey McBride, and Zach Ertz, those are the top four, and those are the top four I would really look for. I think the tight ends are going to be big in this game, my personal opinion. Uh, Rondell Moore had 33 yards on three receptions last week, uh, 28 yards for Mr. Marquise Brown, three receptions. Trey McBride had 23 yards, two receptions, and then Zach Ertz was targeted 10 times. Six receptions, 21 yards, which is really low. That's 3.5 yards per reception, which is not good by any stretch of imagination, but it just shows you that, you know, the security blanket is Zach Ertz, which obviously he was for a long time in Philly. But to get to a couple of players on defense, I'm going to start with Dennis Gardeck. If you guys don't remember, he was one of the guys that rained terror on the Giants in 2020 when we faced the Cardinals. When the offensive line was terrible, DJ was terrible, Everyone was terrible that day. That was one of my worst games ever watched as a Giant fan because it just looked like we had no fucking energy at all. Um, but he had two sacks last week, three quarterback hits, two quarterback pressures, four tackles. He's going to be sprinkled in. Uh, I don't have the snap percentage in front of me, but he's not a pure edge rusher. He's an outside linebacker. He's a special teams guy. But he's also, well, I don't, I mean, I don't, let me look at the depth chart real quick because I'm Pretty sure he is listed right now as an outside linebacker, but he's not going to beat you with power. So Matt Parrott shouldn't have a hard time. Azudu shouldn't have a hard time. And notably, Evan Neal should not have a hard time. So anyway, but Gardeck, I mean, because Sam Howell was taking a lot of sacks last week, they're probably going to do it by rotations. They're going to do it by just multiple fronts, multiple looks for the defense. Um... And that's how they're probably going to accumulate sacks. Kind of, I don't want to say wink, but that's how they're going to accumulate their sacks. Like a James Betcher, you know, kind of move guys around and whatnot, see who gets sacks. Zayvon Collins, he, he played really well last week. Interception, pass deflection, fumble recovery, and a tackle. Uh, he's really coming on as of late. I know, obviously, Arizona's very hyped out uh, about him. He's more of an outside linebacker now. They transition him there. So we'll see how he plays, but he's a player I'm going to watch for this game. Uh, Marco Wilson and Keytrail Clark, I talked about them earlier, targeting them and stuff like that. Uh, Wilson, 80% completion percentage allowed last week for 536 yards, which is not bad. The passer rating is a little high at 96.7, but that 
is based off one game, so you can't really take much out of it. He's been in the league since 2021. And then you have Keytrell Clark, who gave up 23 yards, a passer rating of 88.5, uh, three completions on four targets. Again, that's one week. We'll see who gives up the most in coverage and stuff like that and all that other good stuff. Buda Baker, who landed on the injury report, I think he'll play. I know a lot of Cardinal fans are like, oh, this guy's not going to play. But if he doesn't play, that's big. That's very big because he's pretty much the glue of that defense. Uh, Buda Baker allowed 50 yards. A touchdown, 147.9 passer rating. That's really high, but once again, that's one week. So if Buda Baker plays, I mean, I'm just going to say, you know, the, the tight end matchup might be a little favorable for the Giants. And then we'll take a look at the nickelback. Jalen Thompson, former supplemental draft pick, 36 yards given up last week, 82.1 passer rating, three of five quarterbacks completed. Well, I should say Sam Howell completed against him. So before we go into top matchups and finish up here, before we get to the uh, the interview slash discussion with Jim Koch, we are sponsored by SeatGeek. Yes, uh, for the first time in the history of this channel, we do have a sponsor, and that's SeatGeek. So if you're looking to go to a concert, a ball game of any sorts, uh, parking passes, there's other stuff offered on SeatGeek. You can get it with our help. Twenty dollars off your entire order with the promo code Big Blue in the Bronx. That's Big Blue in the Bronx. Name of the podcast. Nothing abbreviated. None of that stuff. So. Top matchups. I'm looking at Kayvon Thibodeau versus Paris Johnson and DJ Humphreys. Now, I'd probably preview this matchup, you know, double if Aziz Ojolari was playing. But it's going to be big because we know last year, I think it was nine games, Aziz Ojolari was out. And uh, Thibodeau, he was the lone pass rusher that guys were looking for. So, and this is sort of a situation where, like, I feel bad for Thibodeau, but at the same time, he's got to make plays. He's the fifth overall pick from last year. He's got more expectations on the table. He's got to grow his game a little bit. So I would personally place him against Paris Johnson. Paris Johnson is the seventh overall pick from this draft. He's a very good tackle. I think he will be in this league. And they got DJ Humphreys, who's a serviceable tackle. They've kept him for a couple of years now. So he needs to make his impact either way. Um Dexter Lawrence versus Will Hernandez and Yadi Froholt, whether they place him on that side or they switch him over to Elijah Wilkinson. And Yadi Froholt, who was a guy who came over from the Browns, won that starting job outright out of preseason. I'm looking for Dex, and I know that you know a lot of people say, oh, he didn't have a good game last week. I thought he was the only guy in the defensive line that showed up, frankly. Two quarterback hits, two quarterback pressures, uh, a couple other stats in the book. But you know what? Again... I want to see him dominate this week. He has to. He said his effort's not good enough, and listen, that's accountability. I like that. But uh, he's got he's to show up. He's got to show up, and he did last week. Once again, I need this next guy to show up. That's Leonard Williams. Last week, he played his former teammate in Chuma Adoga. Chuma Adoga is not very good. He is a bum from the Jets who got a starting job with the Cowboys as of right now because Tyler Smith is injured. And he's going up against Elijah Wilkinson, who used to be a tackle for the Falcons and the Broncos and a couple other teams across the NFL. So he's a journeyman. $35 million we're paying for this guy. He needs to start making an impact. And we could sit here and say quarterback hits and all this other stuff. I've looked at those stats. He recorded nothing last week. Maybe a few tackles, but that's it. I mean, he needs to literally show up. And I get it. Listen, the dirty work, the this, that. I respect that part of his game, but $35 million, man, I mean... You got to put your money where your mouth is. Paris Campbell versus Jalen Thompson. Thompson gave up a couple of yards last week, obviously, going back to the stats. He gave up 36. But 
I really think this could be a breakout game for Paris Campbell. Thompson is safety, again, converted to nickel cornerback. Uh, again, people are going to talk about Darren Waller versus Buda Baker, which I'm really enticed for, especially if Buda Baker plays. And even if he doesn't, that's going to be a good matchup if the Giants can get time back there. But Paris Campbell versus Jalen Thompson. I know people are talking about Slayton and, you know, Hodgins versus Keetrell Clark and Marco Wilson. I'm really looking for Paris Campbell against Jalen Thompson. Keys to win. Number one, I think it's going to be run the football. Not in, a, you know, an ideology I want to follow by 100%. But they got to run the football. I mean, they could not pass protect to save their lives last week. Run the football. It's going to open up the pass game. And then you could start picking on Keetra Clark, Marco Wilson. Sometimes it's flip-floppy where the run sets up the pass, pass sets up the run, whatever the case may be. But I think you got to come out running. And if not, I think you're in trouble. Because then that puts your O-line in passing situations, and we know they didn't block well. Last week against the Cowboys, yes, it's a different front, but you gotta you got to block. Number two is get pressure. That's going to be one of the biggest things. I mean... Uh, We have big expectations for this defense. I don't think they played that badly. But once again, your front four, front five, six, seven need to show up. This is not some average. I would say they're an average O-line at best. I mean, they're not above average. But the Giants should be wrecking havoc. You don't got Aziz Ojolari. So that gives you, in my personal opinion, an an even more uh, reason to blitz. You got to bring Zimenez. You got to bring Isaiah Simmons, all those different guys. Isaiah Simmons is going to be one of the key players this game because he's playing against his former team. He's got some energy. He's got a chip on his shoulder. But I think getting pressure is going to be one of the biggest things. They got three sacks on Dobbs. And even just, you know, factor out the O-line, Dobbs isn't necessarily the best pocket manipulator in the NFL. He's still going to have a hard time just adjusting. So getting pressure, I'm not talking about just sacks, but getting pressure, getting to throw the ball away, make stupid decisions, that's going to be big. Number three, it was turnover battle last week. I'm going to go ahead and say, go out and get your passing game started. I know, obviously, once again, I brought up a couple of different facts. You know, defenses are really starting to key in on the play action. But Keechaw Clark, rookie. I mean, Marco Wilson, three-year vet. There's no reason as to why our guys should not go out there. I'm not saying dominate, but we got speed. Speed versus inexperience, I would take speed. Now, of course, they got to catch the football, all that good stuff, but you got to get the passing game going. Or else, what are you going to start it against the 49ers? I highly doubt you're going to start it against the 49ers and the Seahawks, man. I mean, yeah, they got their ass kicked by the Rams, but on paper, that's a good defense. Uh, Davon Witherspoon, I think, should be back at that time. Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know if he was put on IR. There was him. It was Tariq Woolen, a couple other guys in that defense I'm really looking at. So, I mean, that's down the line anyway. But number one, run the ball. Two, get pressure. Open up the passing game. Three. My score prediction is going to be 20-13 to 13 Giants. This is going to be a very much a low-scoring affair. Um, I don't know what the results of this game going to be in terms of yardage. They could go with more pass, more run. Of course, my prediction is probably not going to be correct in terms of score. Maybe it is. Maybe I have a you know a lucky day, but don't get mad if the Giants you know do more of running the football and Daniel Jones has only 150 yards. 150 yards. I get it. Listen, look, I would be frustrated too, but if they re- lean more towards the run, what you know leeway, what avenue does Daniel Jones have to throw the football? 
Now, of course, if you start opening up the pass, you keep going with that. You try to put your foot on that gas pedal and just bam, 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 hit Hodgins, hit Hyatt, hit Slayton, hit Campbell, hit Waller. Those are the matchups you want to see. And that's, once again, you put a lot of investments into those wide receivers, a lot of investments into the quarterback. And I'm going to be talking about this a lot this season because I think it matters. Me personally, and I'm not some first take guy, all these Twitter jams and stuff like that, but man, you paid the quarterback $40 million. You got to put the game in his hands at some point against these tougher defenses. And of course, Arizona isn't the toughest defense, but you know, we'll see. So 20 to 13 Giants is my prediction. Let's send it over to the discussion with Jim Koch of Raising Zona. All right. So now we are at the discussion portion of the show, and I am joined by Jim Koch, the senior editor at Raising Zona. Uh, Jim, it was a very close game. A lot of people weren't expecting that week one with the Commanders, but the Cardinals did keep it close till the end. And it's a new culture over there for you guys, new coach in Jonathan Gannon, a couple of new different players, a new quarterback, at least for the time being. What are your thoughts yep. coming off of week one and how close it was? Uh, actually, very pleasantly surprised. Um, I think it, with a quarterback, they would have won. Josh Dobbs was only with the team for about two weeks. Um, yeah, I think if Kyler Murray was there, it would have been an easy victory. Of course, he's you know he's going to be out for four weeks at least. Uh, a lot of Cardinal fans wanted to see the rookie Clayton Toon, actually a fifth round pick, uh, the University of Houston. They. The offensive coordinator, Drew Petzing, he has uh, a familiarity with Dobbs. I don't know. Two fumbles by Dobbs that really turned the game around, to be honest with you. The defense really played well. I mean, they have a 30-year-old defensive coordinator, Nick Rallis, you know, which Gannon brought over from the Eagles. Really was surprisingly well because they were really supposed to get, you know, Washington doesn't have a great offense, but – you know, they stopped Brian Robinson. Terry McLaurin was, you know, held in check. Now, I granted, Sam Howell was his second NFL start, so you can only take so much out of it. But I was pleasantly surprised. Really was. Right. And coming into even before week one, uh, we all know, or at least most people know, that there was that viral video that really went around from the Cardinals' YouTube channel. I think it was Jonathan Gannon giving that whole speech. And a lot of people are like, well, we don't know if this guy's going to last in, you know, this year in the NFL. I want to get it from a Cardinals fan. What have you gotten so far, even sure in the preseason, and of course you guys got to experience the game already, uh, with Jonathan Gannon as a leader? What are your first thoughts on him? I really didn't want Gannon. He was – I was on the Sean Payton train. Gannon was not even in the picture. Actually, they – you know, got caught tampering, actually. They talked to him right after the NFC Championship game when he was, you know, still with the Eagles. That came out of nowhere. I'm going to give the guy a shot. I wasn't really into it at first, but I, I don't. I like what I see. You know, he's got two coordinators who never did the job before, that, you know, coordinator job. He's letting them – it looks like he's just overseeing the operation. And so far, so good. I, I, the defense was really aggressive. I mean, they really – I'm not sure about Washington's offensive line, how good it is, but they really put a lot of pressure. 
uh, on Hell uh, without really blitzing that much. You know, they had Vance Joseph the last four seasons, and every year they led the NFL in blitzing. You know, basically, I don't know if that's true numbers-wise, but they blitzed a lot with Joseph. It just – and their front four is – I mean, you probably don't even know the names. You know, their front three, actually, they're still playing at 3-4. But, um, yeah, I mean, Gannon, I'm willing to, you know, give him a shot. I wasn't a, a big fan, but he's winning me over. He really is. Right, definitely. And then you talked about a little in the beginning how Cardinal fans did want to see Clayton Toon. They went with Josh Jobs because of his familiarity with uh, Drew Petzing, the offensive coordinator. I know there were obviously, you know, coming in some concerns about obviously Kyler Murray coming off the injury. And I know this is more of a week by week operation, but is there, you know, possible concern about Kyler Murray as the future quarterback? For there the is. He, there is because they actually have Houston's pick next year. And Houston didn't look, you know, that great last week. It's probably going to be a tough season for them. And the Cardinals are going to, you know, enjoy every loss by Houston, obviously. And, you know, a lot of people like Caleb Williams out of USC. I'm more like a Drake May guy. Uh, I, I know Williams is, you know, he's got the numbers and all, but. What Drake May did, I mean, he's a young guy, May. I, You know, he's only his second year as a starter. I, I, they're both going to be in play. Um, a lot of people, there's, they soured on Murray, his study habits, stuff like that. There's always going to be a team that needs a quarterback. So if next offseason they want to trade Murray, they might have to eat some of the money. I mean, they gave him the money last July. I think they could have waited another year. I mean, Baltimore did it with Lamar Jackson. Steve Kime, you know, he had his moments, but I think he jumped the gun a little bit. Marrying his agent where, you know, he took the Cardinals off his Instagram and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I don't think they're married. It's They're not married to him. So, yeah, it definitely is a possibility he could go. I like everything about Mary, but his size. I really do think it hinders him a little bit. They list him at 5'10". He looks smaller in the pocket. I mean, I don't know. I just don't know how great his field vision is, to be honest with you. But he's got a great arm. Of course, everybody knows how mobile he is. Uh, but they're, they're not, you know, they're definitely not married to him. Right. Moving a little bit forward to the running back position, obviously you guys have had James Conner from the Pittsburgh Steelers for a few years. And when do you, when do you anticipate – them featuring the next two running backs a little bit. And this will go into my next question a little bit more, but I'll wait on that because you got Keontae Graham and Amari Demarcado, who I'm presuming is a rookie. And I did see on your page a little bit that you actually put out an article basically saying that uh, the Cardinals need to go out and sign a backup veteran rather than rely on the two other guys. I've actually been saying that the whole offseason. You know, James Conner looked really good Sunday. Uh Average, you know, four something carry, which is it's good. You know, that's pretty that's decent. And you know, sure enough, Wednesday he pops up on the injury report and didn't see anything of that during the game. He's just an injury prone guy. He's been in the league for seven seasons, uh, hasn't made it through a full season. I, I'm not a big Keontae Ingram guy. He's a second year back. They drafted him. I believe he was a six-round pick last year. I just think, you know, if, if Connor were to go down, I think they'd be in a lot of trouble. Uh, it, most interestingly enough, 
Kareem Hunt is still available, and Drew Petzing was with him with Cleveland for you know the last couple seasons. Petzing was a quarterback coach, but I don't know what's going on with Hunt. I guess it's a lot of with the contract. You know, he's not getting the money he is. You know, he really wants. Another guy I mentioned in that piece was Leonard Fournette. I don't know, you know, what's going on with him. But if I were the Cardinals, I mean, they only have three backs on the roster, like you said, Keontae Ingram. Uh, Demarcado is an undrafted free agent. Kind of looked good during the preseason, but hasn't, you know, it's only been one game in this season. So you don't know what he's going to do. I just think with Connor's susceptibility injury, you bring in a veteran. I mean, that would – but. You know, a lot of people think the Cardinals are tanking too, so you know maybe they're not bringing in these guys. I, I don't. I don't even want to put that out there. That they did not look like a team that was tanking though last time. They really didn't. I mean, I think next year they're going to have a bunch of draft picks. I mean, they really set themselves up for next year. But you know what I saw last week? I, I don't. I, I'm I'm the kind I think you play hard every week and you try to NFL. I mean I know it goes on in the NBA where they say you know the tanking thing. I think in the NFL if you tank your your players are going to get hurt. You know, so I don't know, but yeah, I think a veteran back would be, would definitely be a good addition. Yeah, definitely, and it's not like you guys came out there last week and got absolutely pummeled like Brian Flores in his first two games with it was Miami in 2019 where you guys lost by – got outscored, you know, this many points, this many points. You guys played hard. I mean, I was watching the game pretty much the second half, and I think maybe, I guess – and I've been – I'm a Giants fan. Again, you know, been through so many rebuilds. The thing you look for is progression, and I think if, you know, you could probably knock off the tanking narrative if this team plays hard every single week with one-score games and stuff like that, at least being in the game. Uh, with all the young guys you have, and you mentioned the draft picks next year, so um, definitely an interesting – team to look at um but a little bit on that running back question i was watching a little bit of the highlights looking at some of the game film and whatnot is this quick pass identity with rondell moore in the backfield feel a little bit marquise brown i saw him go on an end around or two uh is that going to be the same thing maybe when kyler comes back is that going to be the same thing as of mm -hmm. right now until they bring in a veteran is that because they really don't have another running back they can rely on what's the story with that it could be if you know it's only one game with petsing so i really you know they don't really show much during the preseason as you know it could be uh, there could be you know them jet sweeps and stuff like that rondell moore is a talented guy, but he, I think he's about 170 pounds, you know, soaking wet. There's all, so much you could do with him. But, you know, Cliff Kingsbury got criticized for how he used them, like bubble screens and, you know, like three-yard loss. He just, you know, if he didn't if he didn't beat that first guy, which a lot of times he didn't with those bubble screens, it's it, the play went nowhere. But, uh, well, Hollywood Brown, they used him on that, that one sweep, but – He's more of a downfield receiver. He, he's a small guy too, but I really like Hollywood Brown. He made some a uh, couple tough contested, you know, catches. Uh, Washington's got, you know, they have a pretty good secondary. Um, yeah, right now, it's just the quarterback. You know, Josh Dobbs. He's a journeyman. I, I like the kid. He's a very nice, you know. But I, I could. They had Colt McCoy. <laughs> Cole McCoy during the preseason, he couldn't throw the ball 20 yards downfield. I mean, he 37 years old, he was just shot. You could say it. 
and they panicked. They actually, I heard they tried to sign Dobbs, you know, back in the beginning of the offseason. Uh, Cleveland actually signed them, you know, and then they made the trade for them. But I think it was more of a panic move. But, um, yeah, nah, I mean, the, the receivers are what they are. There's a young kid, Michael Wilson, out of Stanford that I'm really excited about. He actually brings size. Uh, Zach Pascal, they got from the Eagles. He's another bigger receiver. And they still got Zach Ertz. And Trey McBride was a second-round pick last year, Colorado State. You know, he's got a lot of uh, potential as well. But, yeah, I mean, them Jets, what are your initial question? I don't know how much that's going to be only because I, I really haven't seen enough you know, of petsing. Yeah, a good point there. Before we go to the offensive line, just reminded myself of this. Obviously, once again, want to get this from a Cardinals fan. I've seen it a little bit on the internet, of course. What were your thoughts on the whole situation that happened with a guy who's on our team now? That's Isaiah Simmons. Do you think that the Cardinals misused him? Do you think that there was some things wrong with Isaiah Simmons? Do you think, you know, there was some issues, whether it's stubbornness playing at a certain position what do you think happened there that caused the Cardinals to move on and the Giants to get him for a seventh-round pick? I love the pick. At the time, I believe he was the eighth overall pick, uh, 2021 or 20 – yeah, 2021 or 2020, I think it may have been. They, they you know, even in college, he played – I think it was five different positions at Clemson. And Vance Joseph – no, you know, he used them initially. He was an inside linebacker, played him a little bit at safety. I see you guys have him on the inside, correct? Inside, and he'll probably be used as a guy on third downs that Wink loves to use blitzes and go up against tight ends and running backs. See, now coverage, he's not that you would think he was, he was really good at coverage in college, from what I hear. I didn't really see him a lot, but. Uh, he gets torched in coverage. I would be careful with that. A good tight end will will beat him. I think the Cardinals should have maybe used him more, like you said, as an edge rusher. Yeah, he's got the he's got that wingspan and he's fast. I think that would have been a better plan. I think what happened was the Cardinals didn't want to give him. I think it was nine million he was getting this year. You know, they knew they they were probably going to lose him anyway. You know. They declined the option, his fifth-year option. So, you know, they talked him up. Uh, you know, he's actually going to play safety. But if you know, Buda Baker's one of the best in the league. And there's another kid, Jalen Thompson, who's very underrated. Actually, they have him now as, like, the nickel, you know, corner, actually. They got a safety named Kayvon Wallace who from the Eagles, who's actually a starter now. But – Kayvon Wallace, that would have been where Simmons probably would have been playing if he would have made it to the season with the Cardinals. I, but I still like the kid. I, I think he's 25. I think his best football is ahead of him, and I think the Cardinals should have, you know, maybe if not sign on to a multi-year deal next off, maybe see if they can get him for one year, not franchise him or anything like that. But I would have tried to hold on to him. I think you guys got a great deal. The seventh round pick, as you know, I mean, you know, that's ridiculous. I mean, but then again, you're talking to a guy whose team cut DeAndre Hopkins with getting zero. But 
he's hurt already. You know, he's got an ankle injury. I mean, it seems like they got they you know rid themselves of Hopkins at the right time. But no, I really I really like Isaiah Simmons. I looked it up. He only had one, one tackle last week, I believe. Yeah. Did he play a lot? I wasn't even. Um, he was at the lower end of the snap count, probably like bottom five in snap count, which is right. kind of what I expected with two different things. Number one, that obviously it's week one, so that he's still kind of getting introduced to the playbook. Number right. two, for the fact that we got blown out 40 to nothing and that Dak really didn't have to do much on defense and they didn't have to do much running because the game was pretty much over in the first quarter. So I would expect him to get a lot more. And he says right now that he knows – the playbook and he understands it very well. So I would expect an increased role this week. Definitely. I, if I had a guess, he's probably going to be really pumped up this week. You know, he, he, team trades you for the seventh round pick. You sure he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. It's going to be interesting to see. I actually hope he does play. I would like to see him, you know, it'd be a very interesting, you know, sidebar to that game. Uh, yeah, I would be, but I think you guys got a good deal, and I think you, you know he's he's a very very good player. Like him a lot, definitely. So, wanted to touch on this just a tad before we switched fully into the defenses, the offensive line, a couple of new faces. Want to ask particularly about somebody who used to be a giant. Uh, you may or may not know who I'm talking about, but what's your confidence overall there? I know in the preseason. I don't know how to pronounce his first name, but your center, Froholt, he was throwing guys to the ground. He was one of the more impressive guys, at least across social media, made the team. He's the starting center. What's your confidence in that unit overall? They gave up, I think it was three sacks last week, um, six quarterback hits. But, of course, I think Dobbs walked into one of or two of them. So what's right. your confidence in that unit? Unit, And what do you think of uh, Will Hernandez? I re- I, yeah, I was going to say that's who you're t- – I really like Will Hernandez. That was the giant you were referring to. Um, they actually had another guy from your team I liked a lot, Justin Pugh, that, you know, his, I guess he's basically going to retire now. But I really liked him too. Um, the center, it's pronounced Yelda, believe it or not, Yelda Froholt. <laughs> and I had to look that up because he's, you know, he's a brand new – they actually had Rodney Hudson, but he – they got him a little too late in his career, and he was injury prone. But this guy was another Cleveland Brown guy that Petsing was familiar with. And, yeah, I mean, I then the preseason, he pan, was pancaking guys, you know, and that was all over, you know, uh, the media. You know, everybody was showing those blocks. I like him. Uh, the edge, they, Paris Johnson Jr. is their first-round pick. He's at, you know, right tackle. Uh, held up pretty well last week. I mean, that you know that Washington front's really good, even though they were missing Chase Young. Uh, left side is DJ Humphreys, who's been with them since 2015. Another first round pick, reliable. Not I don't, he's not a Pro Bowl, but a reliable guy. I think uh, you know opposite the other guard spot is Elijah Wilkinson, who was a free agent pickup. I believe he was with Atlanta last year, and he kind of got. You know, he didn't look great last time. They played, you know, decent, but I think they could have upgraded that spot. But, yeah, it's basically a, a somewhat veteran line, you know, with uh, Hernandez is, you know, Mahler. I, I like I like Hernandez. Um, yeah, I mean, that's their line. And I guess the run blocking was really good last week. You know, I mean, there were some big holes for Connor and a lot of it's Connor so strong. He just takes people with him, but 
Um, the pass blocking actually held up pretty well. And I, 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 to my opinion, that's one of the best defensive lines they're going to see all year. I mean, Montez Sweat was a terror in that game. <laughs> I mean, he just, you know, when they needed to play, he was making it. And Deron Payne, he's another stud. You know, I think they gave him big money or he was a franchise player or something. But I, he's a really good player. And Jonathan Allen, you know, another really good first-round pick, former first-round pick. And, you know, I think they're getting Chase Young back. It's, you know, they're pretty good. But away from Washington, yeah, they held up. It, it pass blocking was pretty well, you know, did pretty well against a pretty good line, I thought, defensive line. Right. And then going to the defense, this guy had a very good game last week. He also had a very good game against the Giants. Uh, I think it was the last time they played, 2020, other than Hassan Riddick. That was Dennis Gardeck, who had two sacks last Sunday. What's his role been with Zayvon Collins getting drafted a few years ago and other pieces moving around? Because I know you guys had Jordan Hicks. He's no longer with the team. Uh, I think, he, yeah, he's actually playing in Minnesota uh, yesterday. So, um What's your thoughts on uh, Dennis Gardeck and what's his role been with Arizona the last few years? I really like Dennis Gardeck. He's mostly made his bones as a special teams ace, like a really good wedge buster. Um, they started him out at inside linebacker. He's very undersized. He's only about, I think he's about 225, 230. They, I was surprised he was a, a starter, he, and they, you know, he's they put him on the edge. Uh, Collins is actually on the other edge now. They, they were both former inside linebackers. Yeah, uh, the the year you're talking about, he had seven sacks. He had, a, I think, three against the Giants. That that, that I think it was right. what happened was Chandler Jones got hurt in like the fifth or sixth game when they had Chandler Jones. And they put him out there, and, you know, he really did well. Now, the problem was late in that season, he tore his ACL against the Eagles. So the next year was kind of a lost year. You know, he came back from it, but he wasn't the same player. But I'm really excited what he did. I mean, he was really responsible for their only touchdown because he strip-sacked Hal, and their uh, another edge rusher, Cameron Thomas, you know, brought got the uh, ball into the end zone. But Gardeck is a surprise starter, and I was really surprised at, you know, how well he did, you know, get to the quarterback. And, yeah, he had two sacks. They had six on the day. Made a real nice swim move on one of the sacks. Like, really, you know, really nice move. And that's a kind of – he's not going to beat you with power because, you know, most tackles, you know, tower over him. But he's a gutsy guy, and, yeah, I, I really like what, I, what I'm saying out of him. Definitely. So moving more into just a specific game prep at all, well, I should say overall, from an evaluation slash fan standpoint, are there any matchups side by side or position by position that you're looking forward to seeing on Sunday? Is Andrew Thomas, is he's a game time decision for you guys, left tackle? Right now, he is a game time decision. If you personally asked me, I would say do not play him. We play the 49ers on a short week. Uh, right. That would be next Thursday. And, I mean, that he just – I mean, what was I going to say? So, you have him. I mean, he got hurt, in, like, middle of the Dallas game. They brought in Matt Parrott. It's either going to be him or – in my opinion, at least. I think the Giants can be super cautious. Thomas might have the extra push. But I think Josh Azudu or who's a third-round pick last year, mostly a guard, but played tackle at UNC. And then Matt Pear, who's on the last year of his contract, he was a tackle out of UConn. 
I see one of them starting at left tackle. I don't think Thomas is going to be a go, my opinion. So for me, that would be, you know, the one area where I would hope the Cardinals would have an advantage. I don't know how good the guys are you're talking about. I did read their names on the internet. Um, that that's a you know that's a pretty good one. Um, I'll we have B.J. Olajeri. You have his brother Aziz. Yeah, Ola, he's hurt. Unfortunately, he's hurt. He's yeah. not playing, right? So that's going to help the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, is he your top pass rusher, or would you say it's it's really interesting? Um, in terms of pass rush, honestly, right now. If we're talking about rush in general, I'm giving it to Dexter Lawrence because I was a little unhappy, and I get it. The defense, you know, they didn't really have a ton of great situations to be in last week, once again, being blown out. But um, Ojalari, I mean, when he was on the field last year, he missed a number of games due to injury, hamstring, quad, this, that, and the other thing. But uh, he had eight sacks his rookie year. And then last year, I think he had five and a half and seven games. So he was really impactful. But this year, man, I mean, it's just the problem is he cannot stay on the field. I was actually kind of hoping that the New York Giants would go after another edge in this draft. And B.J. Ojolari was on my list. Like people were right. saying he's going to be better than, than his brother. That would have been cool. Like to see, of course. Yeah, two brothers playing together. That would that have been really cool. Um, another thing, the Cardinals' corners are young. Marco Wilson's a third-year guy. They're actually starting a rookie at the other corner, Cottrell Clark, and they both played pretty well. You know, they gave up a couple things, but I think Hal had under 200 yards passing, if I'm not mistaken. I'd like to see how they match up with your receivers. Uh, is Slayton your number one guy, or you got Isaiah Hodgins, right? Slayton. So in terms of the entire passing game, it's going to be Darren Waller, but if we're, took, if we're talking number one, I think it's going to be a pass-up between uh, – a really toss-up, I should say, between Hodgins and Darius Slayton. And then they'll probably factor in Jalen Hyatt, depending on how the game goes. Sterling Shepard, maybe. Don't think Wandale Robinson is going to play. So, it's in terms of wide receivers, it's probably going to be uh, Isaiah Hodgins or Darius Slayton as the 1-2 tandem. Right. So, yeah, I would like to see how the corner – it's it's going to be a test. I mean, Wilson's got a little bit of experience, but they had Byron Murphy Jr. the last couple seasons – he left for Minnesota. So now Wilson's got to be the number one guy. And that's, that's, you know, there's a lot of good wide receivers in the NFL. So that's, you know, that's going to be a, a, a good test. I always like Slayton. I really like Sterling Shepard, but he was just always hurt as well, correct? Like he, Sterling yeah. Shepard. I mean, what was it? it? It was weird enough, too, because last year he tore his ACL against Dallas in week three. The year before he did the same thing. It was like later in the season, though, so it was kind of remarkable that he came back. He's played, I think, two full seasons in the NFL, his rookie year and his third year, which was 2016-2018. But other than that, he has not stayed healthy, unfortunately. And they have him on a one-year prove-it deal. A lot of people were like, you know, why are you bringing him back? You know, he should be a coach or something like that. But – I mean, personally, again, in my opinion, also, I forgot to mention, too, another guy that I want to watch out for in terms of you're talking about the young corners. He didn't show up last game once again because the Giants got blown out, but I would watch for Paris Campbell. I don't know who your guys' slot corners. I think you said it was Jalen uh, Thompson, but Paris Campbell, everyone was talking about Darren Waller through camp. I really think that Paris Campbell is going to have a solid year, at least if the offense starts to take an uptick. Um, right. Because he was probably the best wide receiver in camp. But then again, that's camp and this is the regular season. Gotcha. So, 
Um, and then a little bit more into the game prep in terms of X factors. Let's start with the Cardinals uh, for Sunday, one on offense and one on defense. Uh, offense is, is simple. Josh Dobbs, he's got to make a jump. I mean, if you, you know, you listen to the interviews, it's night and day from last week. And yeah, he knows the, the playbook a lot better this week. I actually thought he, I didn't think he panicked or he was nervous or anything like that, but I think it's more of just getting, you know, familiar with the receivers and it's all timing and stuff like that with quarterbacks and receivers. But I'd be crazy to say it's anything but Dobbs. And I I would really, I think if he plays bad in the first half, I I wouldn't, Clayton Toon, throw him in there or home. I think that's part of the reason Tune didn't start week one, possibly because, you know, a hostile environment, a rookie quarterback, you don't want to kill his confidence. But on defense, well, it's scary because now Buda Baker popped up on the injury report. And that, the first I heard about it was today. It's a hamstring. Talk about X factor. If he doesn't play, I mean, we're, we might be in trouble because he's kind of like the, the heart and soul of that defense. He didn't have a big game last week, but I think everybody on that defense feeds off of the fact, you know, him being out there. I'm really where, I mean, he has played through a lot of stuff before. I'm hoping he's out there someday, but that was something I really didn't want to see two days before the Giants game that Buda Baker's on the injured list. Um, far, yeah, he would be one of my, and I would like to see Zayvon Collins. He actually had a good game last week. He had a fumble recovery and a pick. I'd like to see him continue that because he was a first round pick as well. 16th overall. Um, actually, yeah, he was 2021. Simmons was 2020. Now that I, now that I remember it, but yeah, Collins and, uh, yeah, hopefully Buda Baker will play. Their defensive line is a bunch of no names. Uh, LJ Collier is a free agent they got from the Seahawks. He was actually a first-round pick. He's not playing. He's out. They have Carlos Watkins, a veteran from the Cowboys. What it is is they don't. They have starters, but they really play everybody. They have Lecky Foto, uh, just a bunch of uh, Jonathan, uh, they, just a bunch of different guys. You know, it's really no Pro Bowlers or anything. But the good thing about it, it keeps them fresh. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's about it on defense. Yeah, definitely. And just a quick thing before I go to the last two questions is there was also concerns about Buda Baker possibly leaving or wanting out. Is there still concerns about that in Arizona? They threw some money at him. It wasn't – I don't think it's – I think it was more of a compromise. I think he wanted, you know, a big multi-year extension. And with the new regime, they weren't – they just weren't going to do that with a safety. I'm not downgrading the, the position, but I think that's the way they looked at it. Uh, I just read something earlier where Eagle fans are clamoring for a trade. You know, they want Buda Baker. You know, they have they had injuries on defense and, they, you know, they think Howie Roseman could just bring in any player they ask for. Um, I, I don't know. I hope I really hope he retires as a, as a Cardinal. He's just one of those guys. It's like a Larry Fitzgerald, not up to Fitzgerald's, you know, stature, but. I really would like if he would, you know, retire as a Cardinal, but you never know. I mean, 
you know, if they're out of it, you know, in late October and the trade deadline's heading, you, you don't know. If somebody offered them a third round pick, they might take it. So I don't know. I don't want to see them go though. Right. And then um, as someone who's obviously again Cardinals fan covering the Cardinals, two guys you're watching for one on offense, one on defense on the Giants. See how they impact the game against your Cardinals offense again and defense. Yeah, Barkley, you know, he scares me. Um, I actually had him. I don't know if it's even good to mention, but fantasy football. But I had him on my fantasy team in 2021, and what a disappointment, man. And then last year, I, he looked like he lost weight to me. He just looked really fast, like really, really. I mean, really, it, I think when I think of the Giants, I think of him. I like Daniel Jones. You know, I really do. I think he takes a lot of a lot of criticism a lot of times. But, I mean, the thing about Jones is he's in that pocket. He's hard to bring down. I mean, you know, you just can't. There's some – like Kyler Murray, you touch him with a finger and he's down on the ground. Daniel Jones, you know, he's a big guy. He's like 245. But offense, it's definitely Barkley. Um, on defense, you know, I, I, I was really looking forward to seeing BJ's brother, Aziz. You know, he's, I'm sure Aziz, people in New York say Aziz's brother, but that would have been fun to watch. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, that's, that, that's probably about it on that. I mean – it's tough to really – I don't – that game just got away from you guys so quick. I don't need – it's just it, – Dallas just – everything went right, you know. It's just – I really – and I really believed the Giants were going to beat them. I really thought they had a good shot. And they just took them out of it. So, I, I really like Wink Martindale. I don't know if you call him Wink or Don or, you know. But, you know, I was hoping to get him actually with – when uh, Joe, when when I knew Joseph was leaving, that I, obviously that was before Gannon was hired. But I always liked Martindale as a coordinator, and um, yeah, and of course, <laughs> I I mentioned it earlier. I really have to watch Isaiah Simmons. I mean, I, I'm actually rooting for him to be honest with you. I, I, he's always been a good guy, you know, but. I think they pulled the plug on him too much, and he's definitely another guy I'm going to be watching. Yeah, definitely. And then final thing, uh, who do you think takes the victory on Sunday? And if you want to plug anything running the Raising Zona website or any of that stuff where people can find your work, you can go ahead. Okay, yeah, before my prediction, uh, RaisingZona.com, uh, you'll see a lot of articles leading up to the game, you know, Cardinals, Giants previews and stuff like that. Uh, it's fan-sided network. Uh, it's you know it's a pretty good website. I definitely recommend to go check it out. You know even Giants fans this week obviously you're not going to look at it after this week, but you know this week it would help. But um actually I wrote a piece. I picked the Cardinals nineteen to seventeen, and I may be crazy to do. I saw the point spread started at five and a half, and I believe it's down to four. So that. It's a lot of early Cardinal money. Now, of course, that's point spread. That doesn't mean people think they're going to win the game, but I'm just basing it off of you guys hopefully reeling a little bit off that 40 to nothing loss, you know. And But, you know, I mean, who knows with this Cardinal team. As good as they looked last week, they could look just as bad this week, and I, and I know that. You know, I'm sure the Giants are probably – you said they're playing the Niners – 
third next Thursday. I'm sure they're going to look past them a little bit, and that could be to the Cardinals' advantage as well. You know, they might you know maybe catch them sleeping. I I do think the Giants are are going to obviously they can't help but play better. You know, I mean that was. I don't know. Is Brian Dable? I mean, what was your opinion of the game? What What do you think? Um, just got away from them early, and they just couldn't. I personally believe that the 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 least problem was the defense because the kick that was blocked, and I think our special teams coordinator, as many Giant fans also think, I think he should go. Um, but there was the block kick, which was one of the momentum changers, if not the biggest momentum changer, the climax. That was six points. Daniel Jones throws a pick six, which Saquon should have caught. That's seven points. And then the interception to Stephon Gilmore, when it gives the Cowboys a short field, that's another seven. So I think that's, what, 20 points? And they scored yeah. 40. The defense yeah, essentially yeah, gave points. up only 20 points, which, again, minus all those situations, would have kept the Giants in the game. And, of course, the O-line was terrible. I mean, I know, obviously, people will say, well, you know, Dallas's front is Pro Bowl level and they're Super Bowl level, and I get that. But, I mean, the O-line has been an issue for years, and that right side, I mean, if I will say this right now. If the right side of the O-line cannot protect Daniel Jones from, you know, Zayvon Collins and some of the other guys you mentioned, I'm going to be really furious. I'm going to be I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be furious because Mark Lewinsky is a veteran, but he's been trash, going to be honest, since he's got here, and then – as for Evan Neal, I mean, we're looking him for him to make that next step, but uh, he did not do any of that uh, in week one against Dallas Cowboys, unfortunately. So, All right, I put it out there. What do you think? Do you have a score? Or... I'm going to say hurt my feelings. Is... <laughs> I'm going to say this is a 20 to – let's go 20 to 13 Giants. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I mean – Anyone who predicts this game, I don't. I personally don't think it's going to be a blowout. I know a lot of people are overlooking this. The Giants like to keep these type of games competitive for some reason, but I think it's going to be twenty to thirteen Giants, and then obviously, obviously whatever the next week holds, the next week holds. I mean, I don't see a win against the 49ers, but that's is that on the road, game. the Niners game, or at home? that's on the road? So the Giants are out in the West Coast for two straight games. Right, and they're on prime time even after that against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that's at home though, but again, just not an easy schedule. And again, they need to pick that play up. They need although Seattle did lose to the Rams. I mean, I don't, you know, everybody discounted the Rams, but I, I don't know. They still have Stafford, and you know, he's they're in our division. But my point is, I'm definitely going to be a Giants fan after this week because there's nothing I like more than seeing the Niners and Kyle Shanahan lose. And, uh, you know, I've never – I think Pete Carroll's a great coach, but, you know, I'll have my uh, Daniel Jones jersey on for those two games, trust me. But, I, you know, and the I can't stand uh, Sean McVay, all that cheering he does, man. When, when you're on the losing end of that, that rah-rah running down and, you know, greet the guy in the end zone, you know, I'm, I'm in a – you know, the NFC West is – Pretty good division. It, it start, it, you know, not anymore, obviously, but for a while there, the Cardinals had McVay to contend with Shanahan, Pete Carroll. I mean, you know, it's three three really good coaches, and that's where Gannon's kind of like the stepchild. You know what I mean? At least for till he could prove he could be better. At least, but yeah, I'll be cheering for you guys after this week. Not this week, but next. Yeah. Go beat the Niners, please. <laughs> I want to. I want to, but. 
Um, going to wrap it up here again. If you guys have any, go out and check out uh, raisingzona.com. I appreciate Jim coming on and having this great discussion preview in this week's game. It's definitely going to be a close one. So, Giant fans, don't overlook it. Cardinal fans, I mean, I can't say you guys are going to overlook it, but it's going to be a close game. Yeah. I'm going to yep. say that right now. But um, again, check out Jim's stuff. Great guest. Uh, as for this show, like, comment, subscribe to all the good stuff. Turn on post notifications. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And we will see you next time. <laughs>